Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And today, we're here to talk about new year, new you with your iPhone. (laughs) We have a ton of tips for helping you declutter your digital life to start the year out running efficiently and being the most productive you can on your iPhone. We have a lot of ideas for you on how you can do this. Yeah, we we did some brainstorming and we know that new year, new you can get kind of be a little bit of a tired trope. But one of the things <laughs> we've learned over the years is that people on our audience loves doing productivity things this time of year. So for example, we have an advertiser who has a calendar app in Format 5. And uh, every year they get like three times the number of downloads in January. So we thought this year we're going to double down on that and focus on productivity, help you be more productive and declutter your digital life. And that seemed like a more fun way than, you know, sitting here telling you guys how to lose weight. (laughs) Exactly. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. But first, we have a message from our sponsor. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by OWC. OWC makes super high quality gear for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. They make the best portable solid state hard drives on the market. They're super durable and they're also small and sleek. They're perfect for moving or storing photos and videos from your Mac or your iPad Pro, which is how I use mine. If you're a MacBook Pro user, you know the struggle of not having enough ports or the right kind of ports to connect something to your computer. OWC also makes docks and adapters, which solve this problem for you. I keep the OWC travel dock in my computer bag all the time, and it saved me so many times. Just last week, I used it to connect my MacBook Pro to the TV in our hotel room. They also sell used Macs, iPads, and iPhones. So if you're looking to update your device and not break the bank, check them out. You can find OWC by going to their website MacSales.com. That's M-A-C-S-A-L-E-S.com. All right. It's time to tell you about our tip of the day for this episode. Yes. Uh, This is one that I thought tied in with our decluttering your digital life tip, and it's how to search the settings on your iPhone. We're going to be getting into a lot of different things that you're going to be doing in the settings app in order to declutter your digital life. And Apple hasn't organized the settings app very well. It's not even alphabetized. Yeah. Uh, So it's hard to find things at times. But if you open up the settings app and then you just swipe down, a search bar appears. And by the way, this is also something that's good to know in general with Apple apps. It's good to try swiping down. A lot of times the search bar will appear. So once that happens, you can just type in the keyword of the thing you're trying to do. And most times that will bring you to the hidden settings menu that you might not have been able to find otherwise. So I wanted just to have you have that hack uh, down as we get into this episode so that if you're having a hard time or missed a step of what we're doing, you can always just try using that search bar in the settings app. I use it all the time. I use it all the time. And sometimes I forget it exists and I'm sitting there scrolling trying to find it. So it's a good tip for that. The other search that I cannot advocate enough is searching your phone for apps instead of sitting there trying to swipe and find it. We'll, we'll get into this later as well, but it's another search that I feel like people don't use enough. Is it's, 
in my opinion, most of the time, the fastest way to open an app is literally to search. And if you don't know, there's a couple ways to do it, but it's the same thing basically on your home screen. You swipe down and a little search button comes up. Yes. Um, and also with iOS 16, there's even a visual little like, search yes. um, button, I guess you would say, on your home screen. But still swiping down works too. Yes. To get to it. Um, one thing with that is that sometimes you have to try a couple different keywords. It's not always exactly the word you'd think it would be that would bring up the menu. So don't give up. Keep trying. <laughs> yeah, when searching settings, you mean? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Spotlight search is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, but more, no, I just meant in the settings app. So with that tip in mind, we are going to take a second to tell you about our premium subscription, iPhone Life Insider, the ultimate destination for Apple enthusiasts. We know you love your Apple devices, but are you sure you're getting the most out of them? That's what iPhone Life Insider is all about. We designed this premium subscription to help you get the most out of your iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple Watch. When you sign up, you get unlimited access to our full library of live online courses with new courses coming out every quarter. You get access to our collection of in-depth guides, including a downloadable PDF and step-by-step -step video tutorials. You get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine, including all of our back issues, and Ask an Expert, where you can write in and get a guaranteed response from one of our team members. You also get our daily video tip, which lets you learn something new over your morning coffee in just one to two minutes a day. Go to iphonelife.com insider to learn more and sign up. All right, we're ready to get into our new year, new you recommendations. David, I know you have a big long list, so oh do I. <laughs> um, why don't you get us started? Because I feel like you had some new tools you've been using that we haven't talked about in past years that I'm excited to get yeah, into. Yeah, I'm excited because the a lot of these tips are things that I'm actually doing. So I like part of the motivation I think for this episode is that I'm definitely trying to declutter my digital life and get a little sanity back. Yeah. Um, so one of the tips that are one of the tools that I've been using recently that I'm really enjoying is it's a s service called Calendly. Uh, and this is really great for people who need to coordinate meetings with people all the time. Uh, and I'm one of those people. And so you end up, if you need to coordinate a meeting, having this weird dance with somebody where you know, you, you know, you want to meet. So you're like, Hey, does two o'clock central time work for you? And they go, no, that doesn't work for me. How about three o'clock Eastern time? Or well, that's actually the same time, but you know what I mean? Uh, and you end up having to send three or four emails back and forth to try to find a time that works. Uh, so instead, this is a service called Calendly. And what it does is it syncs with your calendar. So you do need to be very proactive in keeping your calendar, uh, up to date, which is one of my top New Year's resolutions, as Donna knows. I keep walking around the office saying, I'm a calendar person now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is after years of us having like calendar event uh, miscommunications. Yes. So <laughs> a New Year's resolution for both of us is to get this figure out and Calendly is seeming promising so far. Yeah, I, so far I'm enjoying it. So how it works is it syncs with, it syncs with your calendar so it knows when you're free. Uh, that's step one. So right. if you have events in your calendar, it won't let somebody book a meeting. Uh, let me back up. You send somebody a link when you're trying to coordinate a meeting, and it takes them to a page where they can where they can book a meeting with you, and it syncs with your calendar to let them know when you're free, not only based on what you have in your calendar, but based on pre-settings. So for me, you know, I put in when I take my lunch, so I won't schedule a meeting over lunch, and I put in 
the hours I work, so it won't set up a meeting late at night and early in the morning. Uh, it gives you some fine controls, too, so it can be like, don't set, you know, give me 15-minute buffer in between each meetings, things like that. And then it also syncs with Zoom. I didn't tell you this part, which is really oh. cool. So when somebody schedules a meeting, it automatically adds it to my calendar for me because it's synced with my calendar. And it automatically syncs with Zoom so that it sends both me and uh, whoever books the meeting, a Zoom link. So when you say syncs, it, doesn't that mean that it actually generates a Zoom meeting for you without you having to manually go do that? Yes. It integrates is actually the word they use. It's a better word. Uh, it that's integrates so with nice. Zoom. So it creates a Zoom link for both of us. Oh, I love that. Because I yeah. feel like, you know, with Apple Calendar, you can now add a Zoom link that you've created to a video meeting that you schedule, but those are like all steps you have to take instead of this just taking care of it for you. Yeah. Which seems so much better. And are you like, is it free? Do you say? It's obvious. It's a freemium service is what right. I would call it. So what I've done is the free version. So everything I just described is free. The only the, if you want to do a lot of customizations, um, beyond what I just described, there is paid version. So for example, if you're in sales and you want to send a sequence of email reminders telling them to come to the meeting, that's a paid service. I have, you can set up different time slots. Um, so I have everybody just booking a half hour meeting with me. Uh, if I had multiple ones, if I had half hour, an hour, 45 minutes, I'd have to pay for that. So they have some paid versions, but it's a pretty functional free service. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And with Calendly, like you're using it to set up meetings with people, but it's also nice if you're working with other people to like have your coworkers see what your availability is. Yeah. Because I can go check all of David's days and be like, oh, I see he hasn't scheduled anything yet for this time of day on Thursday. So I can go ahead and have that company meeting I was planning on having. No, I gave it to all my coworkers because they are trying to set up times <laughs> with me as well. And if you're somebody who's retired, if you're if you don't schedule a lot of work meetings, I actually think it's pretty cool for personal life as well. Yeah, I think if, so too. If you're like a busy person and you're trying to schedule and you do a lunch bunch of lunch dates or you do, you know, different evening events with different people. Uh, sending somebody a calendar if somebody says let's hang out you can send them this link and they can literally see the evenings that you're free <laughs> and and no um it, part of why that's useful too just to i think this is obvious but like the other option is i could be sending everybody my entire calendar which then they would see everything which this is a nice way it gives me anonymity so they're not seeing literally yeah. what i'm doing on a minute by minute basis um but they can see when i'm free that's, I feel like that's a good distinction. One thing that I think with making this shift, like you really need to live by your calendar though, because yeah. people are able to go make appointments with you. And if you're not checking your calendar all the time, you could still miss it. So like, this is, is this kind of forcing you now to be like, okay, I'm like looking at my calendar regularly every day. Yeah. It's forcing me to double down. I mean, when somebody books it, you do get an email notification. So you do know. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to make sure you're adding everything to your calendar because otherwise like actually funnily enough the one thing i forgot to add to my calendar was this podcast recording oh which yeah you, donna instantly called me out on uh, <laughs> but somebody thankfully they didn't but somebody could book a meeting with me during this time because i forgot to add it um so you need yeah. to be yeah you need to live by your calendar but it's okay because i'm a calendar person now you're a calendar person now this is this 2023 is just who you are. <laughs> new year new me <laughs> yeah a tip to add to that is i really like the calendar widget I have that on my home screen, so it's nice to be able to see your upcoming appointments for the day, and it's always at a glance for you. Yes. Um, so that's a bonus tip. Another area, so we've covered calendars. Uh -huh. 
that's an important one. A big one for me personally is email. Yeah. Like I feel like my email has gotten so out of control. I have several personal email addresses and then my work email is the worst. Probably some of you listening have tried emailing me and not heard back. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, you had this, this service that I know you were going to talk about I do. today. This is the other one that I'm really excited that I'm actually really investing in getting my email cleaned up because i'm sure you're the same as me where you have it's like very quickly can have thousands of emails recent emails that you haven't yeah no i am terrible at it i'm just checking now i have like over a hundred thousand unopened emails uh (laughs) so i really need to get it under control so there's a service called clean.email um and just to back up those people who um our kind of super email users may remember a service called Mm -hmm. unroll.me, which did a similar thing to this. Basically, clean.email helps you manage your email in terms of making sure you don't get get unwanted email. Unroll.me, it turned out there's a lot of really major privacy violations happening. They were scanning and actually like reading your emails. So clean.email took the same idea. It was really concerning. Uh, It's the whole... um, it's the whole adage, if you're not paying for the service, you are the service. And yeah. that is very much what was happening there. Um, so this is a paid service, but because you're giving it access to your inbox, in my opinion, that's a good thing because it you get your privacy. So how it works is basically it has like a ton of different tools for managing email. So I won't walk you through all of them, but the one I've been doing is it gives you this you sync it with your email platform. So you have to have a, an email platform that you can sync it with, like Gmail. Um, you give it access to it. Um, again, I it seems to be secure to me, but I feel a little bit weird telling people to give access to their email, but I did it. Uh, and then it gives you a portal where basically it shows you all of the emails lists that you're on, and you can easily just hit unsubscribe. Unsubscribe, keep, unsubscribe, keep, and you can decide what you keep and don't keep. And if you do this semi-regularly over time, you really, really reduce the email clutter. Like I've gone way down on the number of random emails I've gotten because I've unsubscribed from a lot of them. Yeah, David sat down with me yesterday and like showed me a little bit how it works. And one thing I really liked about it is just how simple the interface was. Um, Like it had just like visuals for each um email newsletter you're on and it was really easy to uncheck it. Whereas like you might be thinking like, well, you already have this with Apple mail because mm-hmm. like there is that unsubscribe button at the top of emails, but it still requires you to like be going through and opening a bunch of opening a bunch of emails. Sometimes that unsubscribe button isn't available for everything. And I also haven't found it to always work. Yeah. So it gives you some extra tools. Number one, it gives you tools for sorting. So you can, you can sort in chronological when you received it, but you can also sort by It'll group it so what email service is sending you the most like emails. Because so, some are like, yeah. really abused the fact they have your email address. It's like multiple a day all the time. Yeah, exactly. And they, so you can group it that way and unsubscribe that way. It also gives you some kind of middle options, which uh, if you just do it straight on your email service provider, doesn't give you. So, for example, you can have it it'll create a summary of emails for you so if you have some emails where you do want to get them but like you don't want to unsubscribe you don't want to get them every day it'll take all of those and put it in a roundup for you um so for example if you subscribe to five news services instead of each one emailing you you get it all be bundled into one email and get it each day because i was i actually like love a lot of the email newsletters i'm on but they really quickly crowd 
yes. space for me. And it's kind of a dilemma of like, do I just completely unsubscribe or am I, it feels like the trade-off is either unsubscribe and like miss out on potentially like good ideas and cool things that I want to see. Or do I have a totally like overrun inbox mm-hmm. and basically end up avoiding my email? Like it doesn't feel like there's like a good in between, but this is, that sounds great. It, yeah. The only caveat I'll add there is I think it's more of a good hypothetical in between. For me personally, I tried that back in the day with unroll.me and I found that I never once opened that email. Mm. And so then eventually I just stopped. This time around, I decided to not even try to do it. And if I'm not willing to open an email daily, I'm not going to read it in a roundup was my logic. So for some yeah. people, it's great. For me, it wasn't personally what I wanted to do. But the other thing it does, and then let's get in. We have like so much for y'all today. <laughs> but the other thing it does is that there's a lot of emails where um, even though legally, if they're mass emailing, you're supposed to be able to unsubscribe. People found workarounds. And so what they do for those, or if you can't just hit the unsubscribe button, it adds a filter to your inbox where if somebody emails you and you've unsubscribed, it'll automatically move them to trash. So it's an Uh, extra layer of protection for you. That's really nice. Yeah, I'm definitely really interested in using this. um, oh, so let me get into pricing. Oh. Uh, it's they have a free version of it, but I found the free version wasn't very wasn't very full featured, unlike Calendly. So I ended up paying it's nine ninety nine a month, which is a lot, but they basically price it to do annual. So it's it was thirty dollars per year, which is not that much. Yeah, that's not that bad. And it syncs with you have to see if it syncs with your email platform. But if it does, you can have multiple email accounts. So I paid $30 per year, and I can now manage both my personal email account on Gmail and our work email, which is also through Gmail. So another tip while we're on the topic of mail is if you do use a Gmail account, also we both really like using the sorting that Gmail uses, and I recommend that you do that. So I used to always use Apple Mail to check my work email, but now I've recently started, like we now host it, in Google. And so I can go to Gmail instead and I can see in my primary inbox messages that were actually sent to me. And then it sorts out all the things like I get a ton of notifications from different services we use and then a ton of newsletters. And that's all sorted into different tabs. And um, if you go into the settings in the Gmail, uh, on the Gmail site, you can customize this. There's sort of like the default way it's sorted, which is is what I use, but you might not have it enabled at all and not know that that's an option. So make sure to go into your settings and turn on that sorting. And one thing I'm doing along with mass unsubscribes is part of my getting my email under control. Uh, what you can do is you can have some controls over which inbox things go into. So in particular, my primary inbox if something, if I get something in my primary inbox that uh, I want, I don't want to unsubscribe, but I don't want it in my primary inbox. If you're on a desktop, you can click that email, drag it to where you want it, and then there'll be a little but there'll be a little pop up on the bottom of your screen, a little hello bar that says, "Do you want to move all future emails from this person to that inbox?" And you hit yes. So it's like you can train it. Basically. You can train Gmail to know where to put things. Do you use the Gmail app on your iPhone or do you just use Gmail on your computer and go to the site? I use, I, I'm figuring this out right now. I have yeah. the Gmail app on my iPhone. I also have the mail app on my iPhone and sometimes I use one and sometimes I use the other and I can't quite decide which one I like more. What do you do? 
Right now, I use the um, Apple Mail app on my iPhone. I haven't downloaded the Gmail app, but it's like it's again, it's like pretty recent that we made this shift yeah. in our work email. So I'm thinking about getting the Gmail app on my iPhone just because I'm finding that so much more useful on desktop too. It's definitely really useful because the Gmail app lets you have the kind of folders where it sorts things for you. But what I'm having a hard time with is on my phone, I kind of like having the blended view where I have both of my accounts. All inboxes, And yeah. Gmail does let you do that if they're all Gmail accounts, but it does it in a way that I can never quite figure, like the blending of the folders and the multiple accounts confuses me, and I hmm. always feel like I'm missing emails, okay. which is why I keep toggling back and forth. I'm Like you said, we just recently migrated to Google for our work email, so I'm still figuring that out. One thing, um, I also like Apple Mail's VIP feature. Like all, I, all the email addresses I've added to my VIP list will send me a notification whenever a person from that list emails me. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's like a setting I've set up. And I haven't explored Gmail enough to know if there's a, a similar feature. Because like there's some emails that I can't miss. Yeah, and I think so, there, I'm sure there is. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's very powerful, but it, it takes some time. Okay, since we have so much to cover, yeah, let's, let's keep going. What, what you got for us, Donna? Okay, um, I have quite a lot. Some of it I just want to kind of start from the basics, which mm -hmm. might seem too basic, but I think it's important to cover. I think it's a good idea on an annual, if not more regular basis, to go in and check out your iPhone storage situation. Yes. Because if you get even kind of somewhat close to maxing out your local storage on your iPhone, it's going to affect performance and slow it down. And it's just nice to... Also, just not have extra stuff that you don't need on your iPhone. So I recommend you go into the settings app, general storage on your iPhone. You could also do what we said earlier and put storage into the search bar and just make sure that you're going to iPhone storage, not iCloud yeah, storage. I was just going to say different things, both of which you should do. Yes, true. Um, but this is time for my annual talk on difference between iPhone storage and iCloud storage. Yes. So you have two types of storage with your phone. One is your local storage. This is what's literally on the hard drive on your phone. Uh, that's iPhone storage. Uh, and then you have iCloud storage, which is basically a service Apple uses to back up your phone and sync across devices. And that's iCloud storage. Mm -hmm. Your iPhone storage varies based on what model you bought. So um, Donna, you and I both have 256 gigabytes. Is that correct? Or do you have 128? I think I have 128. Okay. Yeah. So depending on how many gigabytes you have, more or less management is required. Your iCloud storage varies based on how much you're willing to pay each month. Uh, so most people have somewhere between, I can't remember, like a terabyte sometimes of iCloud storage. Um, I'm on like a, a family plan right now. And so my iCloud storage is just not an issue because it's like three terabytes or something more for the whole family. Okay. And we're not even close. But I've found iPhone storage is something you have to keep a closer eye on because, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of our listeners have a paid iCloud account and usually like you can get a good amount of storage for, you know, $2 a month or something. Yeah, um, it's worth it to pay for it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, so definitely. The, we talked about the reasons why you need to clear out your local storage, which is that you need to, if you fill up your storage, you can't download things, you can't record videos, and also your phone starts to slow down. If you fill up your iCloud storage, you can't back up your device. And this is what I see happens a lot to people. They get lazy about this. They don't clear out their iCloud storage. Their backups stop working. Their phone gets stolen or gets damaged. 
and then they go to get a new phone and suddenly realize that they have no backups. Yeah. So this is a really good thing to do in the New Year's. Make sure that you have your iCloud storage cleared out and your phone is backing up automatically in the evenings. Like, really, please. It's so important. <laughs> and some tips for clearing out the, the local storage issue. Yeah. Um, when you go to settings, general storage, there'll usually be some suggestions from Apple of things that are taking up a lot of um, gigabytes on your device that you that will recommend you clearing out. So you can take a look at those recommendations. Um, but if you're not looking at recommendations or you're not getting anything that helpful there, I think your podcasts and photos is a really good place to start particularly in the photos app, checking out videos. If there's videos you've taken that you don't really need or didn't intend to, mm -hmm. like those, those are big storage hogs. The also other, old backups that you don't need anymore. On like, iCloud, old backups you don't need anymore. Yeah, don't they have a local storage component or it's all iCloud? I believe it's iCloud, mm, but it but. is a really important thing that sneaks up on you. When you get a new phone or a new iPad or something like that, uh, Sometimes, and I still can't quite figure out how, what dictates when it gets deleted and when it doesn't, but sometimes Apple will store not just a backup of your new device, but it'll keep a backup of your older devices in iCloud, and it takes up like three, four, five gigabytes, and it's completely useless. Like, you do not need it because you have a new device with new backups. So go, feel free to delete backups of old devices. It'll clear up storage, and you really don't need it. Yes, that's a good one. Um, so I have a couple other things. One um, episode we did years ago, we talked to an expert who talked about um, iPhone addiction, and he had a background with um, app developers where he had developed apps and then also talked to others. And like they really get into the psychology of how to capture your attention on your iPhone. Mm -hmm. And one thing, the badge app notifications or the badge app icons on apps was one of the ways that it kind of hijacks your brain. So when you see like a little number by an app icon, that means you have a bunch of new notifications in it. It's really hard to ignore that. Um, and something I've found personally that lines up with that is that I'll pick up my phone to do something specific that's productive. And 10 minutes later, I'll find myself scrolling in some app that I didn't it was not my choice. Yeah. So totally. I think that um, while we all like to think we have good willpower, I think you do need to take some steps so that you are consciously using your phone. You're not just being like controlled by <laughs> the apps that you have on your device. So I like to across the board pretty much turn off badge app icons unless it's specifically an app where I like to see them. This isn't something that everyone's going to like, but for me, it's been really helpful to not go down a rabbit hole. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Uh, a related thing from the same episode years ago that Don and I both <laughs> did and really enjoyed, I think kept was taking apps that distract you especially ones that you find yourself involuntarily opening mm -hmm. usually these are social media it's you know tiktok or instagram instagram for me. Or, or facebook or things like that and not having them be the first thing you see on your home screen so you can still have them you can still have these apps but tucking them away in a folder so it's a few steps away and you have to kind of voluntarily navigate to them gives you a little bit more power back on making sure you're doing it when you want to be doing it because these services are valuable they can enhance your lives in different ways mm -hmm. but you do not want to be involuntarily doing them you don't want to be addicted to them so this was a nice tool that i found actually helped me another thing that i've done um is that in the past i would just um disable all notifications but now i use notification summaries yes which i really like and that's like come out since we talked to this expert in the past 
But notification summaries let you have um, regular intervals where you get summaries and you can cluster apps that you feel like are sort of related, like maybe social media notifications together so that maybe just at like first thing in the morning and then after work, you get your notification summary and it'll remind you to go check those things. So if that helps you have like a not... Uh, Helps you avoid an all or nothing approach yeah. to this. Cause like, I, I still like to know what's going on with my social media, but I just don't need like blow by blow so that I'm tempted to get on Instagram when I really should be working. <laughs> and the longtime listeners will remember Don and I did an episode where we talked about the summaries and we started saying, we think they're useless. Nobody yeah. needs them. And then we decided to do an experiment for two weeks of using mm-hmm. summaries. And we found it re- we really both enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think it's a really good in the vein of decluttering a digital life. I think it's a really good thing to do. The thing that I have found once I started using summaries is I am now really ruthless with what apps have the privilege of interrupting me, right? Like a lot of apps are obvious. You just don't need notifications. Go clear those out. Some apps you want to see, but you don't need them to interrupt you. And the only apps that can interrupt me are things that feel time timely to me that are important because I get really distracted. If I'm doing something and my phone buzzes, I have a really hard time not looking at it. And so if it's like just to tell me that like stock markets are up today, you know, I don't need that to have the privilege of being able to interrupt me in my workday. But if my partner texts me and asks me about lunch plans, I want to see that. So things like that, I think I now have it. So basically the only things that can have like instant notifications are things that I actually want to receive in a timely manner. And that's really helped me. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Focus modes can also be great for this. Uh, I have a work focus mode now so that calls and text messages don't come through. Like I don't always have it on all day because I might still want to get a text message while I'm at work. But while we're doing things like recording the podcast or I'm in a meeting and I don't want to be distracted, I'll turn that on and it will filter basically so that I only get messages um and calls from coworkers. Yeah, so focus modes obviously the most important thing is the do not disturb functionality, yeah. but you also can control what your home screen looks like in different modes. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing too when you're working, you may want to be when you're at home be able to access Instagram and Facebook or whatever it is for you uh very easily and quickly, but when you're at work you can have a mode where you have work where those move away. So I have a sleep mode on my phone uh, that I'll turn on. It it automatically turns on. And not only does that um, prevent my screen from being bright at night and people from texting me, but it takes all of the apps that I use a lot and just hides them from me. I can still access them if I want to, but it's definitely, I find it actually is pretty effective. If I'm on my phone, after my sleep mode turns on and I go to access like Instagram or something like that, I it's so far removed from me that I sort of pause and I'm like, eh, I don't need it. And then I, it makes me more likely to not get uh, sucked into that vortex and instead just go to bed. Yeah, I love focus modes. And for both of these tips with notifications and focus modes, we'll link with more detailed instructions in our show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm. But quickly with notifications, you go into settings and it's one of the top bars up there that's for notifications specifically. And from there you can set up summaries and you can disable badge app icons either across the board or like app by app. And also in the settings app, there's a section for focus and that's where you can go in and you can do all kinds of 
cool customizations now, like David was just mentioning. Um, so I think another thing that's really good to take a look at yearly, if not more, is your privacy and security settings. Yeah. Because over time, you allow not only third-party apps, but also people to access information. And um, Apple came out with a pretty cool feature called Safety Check in, in recent years. I think it might have been iOS 16, if not I earlier. But if you go into Settings, Privacy and Security, and Safety Check, it'll walk you through what permissions you've given out. Um, so I've discovered at times that I'm letting people track my location that I forgot I was letting. Oof, yeah, um, I've been and, there. Or that I'm tracking friends' locations that I don't really want to track either. That's not as much of a privacy concern, but more like battery drain. Like I'm like, I really doubt this person wants me to be tracking yeah. them, so I'm just going to turn this off. Um, but I found also a lot of times that when I've downloaded apps, I've given them more access to information than I want to or need to. Yeah. Uh, similarly, this is a good time of year to, when you're reassessing all these things in privacy and security passwords, if you're not using yes. password manager, this is the year. I think at this stage, uh, email password hacks are so common that everybody should be using uh, generated passwords and not have the same passwords for important services. And the best way to do that is password management tools. I have just gone all in on uh, uh, iCloud Keychain, so I just let Apple manage this for me. What do you use? iCloud Keychain, I love it. Um, Colin, our security expert at iPhone Life, he also likes iCloud Keychain just because it is secure and it's really convenient for Apple devices, but Bitwarden is another one that they're a big fan of. Um, we're actually going to be doing a course in February on security, and we're yes. going to have a whole lesson on password management. So if you're... You know, if you don't really have it together on that front, you can always attend our course. It's, it's an insider premium feature um, and learn about it there. But I was going to say, I think that's a huge one that really should be attended to if you haven't. And also, it's a good way to go through and just check out how many accounts you have. Because with digital decluttering, one thing to look at is how many accounts you've created and like to go through and delete ones that you're not using. Because I mean, I constantly create accounts on different sites. And um, over time, you are putting yourself at a larger, you know, security risk yeah. by do having you, Do you do this? I've never gone and deleted them. It just feels like so much work. Well, while researching <laughs> for this episode, that, that was like one of the big things I was reading as an important thing to do. So oh, to be totally honest, I have not okay. done it yet, but I'm planning to. And I think like some of it is I was like, well, how do I even know how many accounts I have? But I think my iCloud keychain list of all of the passwords I have will be a good place to start. And I think that's particularly important if you're using the same password everywhere, because then there's, you have actually a lot of vulnerability. If you have yeah. the same password on all of your accounts, somebody can hack into any one of them and then get into all of them. If you're using a password management tool where you have different passwords for each ones and they're hard to hack, I'm, I didn't read the article. I'm guessing there still are a bunch of really good reasons to delete these accounts. But the most obvious is if you're using the same password. Yeah, I use suggested passwords. So it's not as much of a concern. But one thing that I found that really um, detracts from the usefulness of iCloud Keychain is that sometimes I have several accounts for the same site. And when I go to log yeah. in, it'll be showing me old passwords. And I have to try like five different ones before it lets me in. And, you know, it wasn't great that I did that in the first place. Sometimes it's I'm trying to get like a discount on a site. And so you have to like <laughs> enter and create a new account or I've just changed my email a lot in recent years. Um, so there are a lot of different reasons, but going through and making sure that everything you have in there 
is accurate and up to date, it just also makes your password manager function better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a fun one. And some of these are less fun. Are you saying that mine are not fun? <laughs> I have actually a fun thing to say. No. <laughs> you know what? I hate to throw you under the bus, but going and deleting accounts does not sound fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you can, you, you can turn around and tell me this isn't fun either. Revisiting your pins on your messages. Like, look at who you have pinned on messages. Oh, yeah. Uh, and in particular, something I did in the last couple months, I've been on this kick, so I, I'm, I'm on this roller coaster with you guys. <laughs> I went and I added photos from my groups. Because you end up, my, in my opinion, the best use for pins are groups you text frequently. Because if you just text somebody frequently, it, yeah, it's a little quicker to access them, but it's usually not that hard. But you don't want to like go recreate a group every time you want to text the same people. Yeah. And pinned is really nice. But then you have, every time you open up your messages, you have these like weird, it gives you this little like collage of people's images. But you can go and create a name for a group and a photo for that group. And I think I found that not only is that very functional for me, it's really fun. So I have gone, for example, we have like, a work friends group where we'll text each other. And I went and found a, a photo of all of us uh, it, from like years ago and put that as the photo for a group. And now every time we text each other, I see this cute photo of all of us. Yeah, I think going through like spending the time doing this just makes your phone experience more enjoyable. I've yeah. gone and done just like updated individuals too, just to have like a photo that I like of them pop up when they call or text me. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I think it's nice. Um, a couple others that are maybe slightly less fun, but I think worth doing each year. Reorganize your apps. Take a look at all the apps that you have on your phone. Look at your home screen and say, is this the organization structure I want? You know, you only have to do this a couple times a year, uh, but I think it's worth doing. Relatedly, um, getting rid of home screens. So this is something I think it was with iOS 15. You can now do that. You can. You do not have to have. Um, you have you now have an app library on your phone that has every app you've ever downloaded. So you do not also have to have a home screen that just has a random mosaic of the apps you downloaded in no particular order. Take the apps you use a lot, put them on your main home screen or one other home screen, and organize them in a way that works for you, either with folders or just your really most commonly used apps. And then just get rid of all your other home screens. And if you need to find those apps, you can always search for them. I found that makes a big difference. Sometimes I'll watch people try to navigate their phone and they're going four or five home screens deep and then trying to find it and they're memorizing which home screen it's on. It's not worth it, people. Yeah. Just delete those home screens, have the apps in the app library and search for them when you need them. Take the apps you use the most and put them on your main home screen. I actually only have one home screen for that reason. So I just have my main apps I need there because now with the app library, it's super easy just to find any other app I could mm -hmm. ever want to use. Um, with the tip we gave earlier about like hiding social media apps that you are trying to, um, hold back from using too, you can even remove those apps from your search. Like you could still then find them in your app library when you want to use them. But when you swipe down for your spotlight search, it won't show up as like a suggested app for you to open. Yeah. That's something that also makes an app really like at your fingertips. If you, for me, Instagram is the one I use all the time. 
if I swipe down for my spotlight search, it'll just pop up all my like recently used apps and it's like always there ready to be used. So if I wanted to, I could even just make it not show up there. And there's, I believe there's some fine tuned controls so you can have it show up when you search for it, but not have it in, I think it's called like series suggestions. suggestions. Yeah. Because when you pull up the search, it has a little like, here's your most frequently used apps. And then as hard as you've tried to hide Instagram from yourself, it's just always in your face. So that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. But you're agree. right. You still want it to be in search. If it's an app you're going to use sometimes, that's pretty annoying to it, have it like be nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's a balance between not having it overly available to you, but you still like, if you use it a lot, you don't want to have to like have it be 10, 10 taps away. Yeah. Good call. Um, okay. What else do you have? Uh, a big one is social media. I think with the new year, a lot of people are thinking about their goals and what inspires them. Um, I've definitely been reflecting on that. And then just like making sure that your social media reflects that. I think that um, it's easy over the years to just follow a bunch of different things. Not And, you know, it might not really reflect what you're that interested in now. It might not be personally inspiring to you. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a podcast recently on this where like social media can also be... Um, it can be like a real detractor from your happiness if you're not careful. And so if you're like just trying to curate something that you find uplifting and inspiring, I think is really worth taking the time to do if you're going to use social media. So I've been going through like in Instagram, for instance, you can just tap who you're following and just go through that list and like purge the ones that you're not really that into. I like that a lot. I have a lot of like kind of more media related accounts that I followed years ago. And then you end up having your whole feed just be like random memes instead of actual like things your friends are sharing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that. Um, let me give you a few services that I think are worth checking out in this vein or in sort of the clearing digital clutter. So for calendar apps, um, you obviously have Apple Calendar and Google Calendar, but there's a couple third-party calendar apps that are really highly regarded. Um, Fantastical is one that people really like. It's very user-friendly. Uh, another one is Informant 5. We've talked about that before because they're a sponsor of ours, but they really have embraced the getting things done method. So if you're doing that form of productivity... Um, and both of those apps... Um put calendars and reminders like you can enter them both into one app which is really nice whereas apples are separated out which is not the best exactly no their apple does a lot of things well but in my opinion calendar is not one of them yeah and same thing with email um this is a service that i i tested a little bit it didn't end up work it didn't end up being the right solution for me but uh our chief technology officer raf loves it it's called superhuman uh and what it is is it's an email platform uh, so you can use it similar, like with Apple mail, it'll sync with your Google emails or various outlook emails, whatever. Um, but it's really has a lot of really powerful tools that the other, uh, email service providers don't have in particular, what it has, it's really cool is if, if you have a Mac, you'll know this, if you hit command space bar, it pulls up this like spotlight search on a iPhone. It does that too, which has like a lot of powerful tools you can use from spotlight search. Well, it has that for email, so it gives you a lot of really powerful shortcuts for sorting your email very quickly, um, both to send emails, reply to emails. Um, it has like a million features. It ended up being a little bit too feature-packed for me, so in my opinion, uh, it's probably better for somebody. A, they really focus on inbox zero, so clearing out all your emails, which I actually don't do, 
Uh, and B, it's probably better for somebody who's more of a power user. I don't get too deep into like power using my Gmail, despite you know the clearing things I've been doing lately. But it is really well regarded. So superhuman for an email platform. Cool. So I have a couple more tips. And then I also have uh, iCloud Drive tip that I want to save for our insider section. Cool. But the one that I wanted to talk about um, is clearing out it's just basically about clearing out old stuff. So for the notes app, I use that constantly to take notes over time. I have thousands of, of notes and I think it's a good idea to go in once in a while and sort through like one, you might have information in there that you forgot to actually get back to. So just kind of going in and seeing um, if there's anything that is valuable in there and then just deleting stuff that you don't need, maybe creating more of a folder system that makes sense. Cause right now I have like everything's completely unsorted and not that organized um, I also have in the notes app, I use that for daily checklists of things I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I have like, I just recently went in and deleted things that I've had in there for months that are no longer really that relevant, um, like bigger picture goals or things that I'm supposed to check in with different coworkers about. Um, so I just went in and made sure that that's like all actually relevant and updated for this year. Um, I think that's a good thing to do. I like that one. I, I'll have one more. And then I agree. We So we mentioned this, but we have a special section at the end of each episode that's just for our insiders. I think this time, because we have so many more that we haven't even gone to yet, let's just keep going there. Yeah. So if you're an insider, stay tuned because we'll have a bunch more. But uh, one more for everyone here that I think is a fun one is related to notes, also reminders, both clearing out all of your old reminders um, clearing out your reoccurring calendar invitations that you mm. haven't, that you don't actually attend anymore. <laughs> David's giving me a funny look because like most of them are things that I've created and sent to him. <laughs> no, <laughs> like they're like scheduled, like also probably for like the wrong time. <laughs> from it years happens. Ago. <laughs> uh, same thing with notifications for calendars. Like I, cause I'm now a calendar person, as you guys know, uh, I accidentally set David, up. David, the calendar yes. person. It's going to be on my tombstone. Uh, I accidentally set it up so that it like texts me. It gives me notification and an email when I have my morning meeting, which I have every single day. And I really don't need that. So clearing out your notifications there. But what I was going to say was the opposite, which is I have found reoccurring reminders to be really powerful, especially for just day to day tasks that you often forget. So for me, literally things like reminding me that trash day is on Friday. I have a reoccurring reminder every Thursday night that tells me to take out the trash. And then every other Thursday, it tells me to take out the recycling. Things like that. I take a supplement before I go to the gym. So the days I go to the gym, it pops up and says, take your supplement. Little reoccurring reminders to make your life easier, I have actually found to be really helpful to me. And I think going in and reviewing those is so important because the main time that I don't find these helpful is when I haven't cleaned it up. And so yes. then it signals to my brain, oh, this isn't thing I ignore. Yes. So if you totally. actually make sure that they're ones you really care about and are up to date with your current priorities, <laughs> then it's really helpful. I agree. Um, Apple's come out with tools for deleting duplicates, both in the phone and contacts app um, to delete duplicate contacts and also in the photos app. So that's a good one to use too, mm -hmm. just to, cl to clean up those things. The last one I wanted to say is I feel like it's such a common thing to call people and get the voicemail full um, yes, message that's a great and also one. to have a voicemail greeting that's really out to, out of date. So another great thing to do is go into your voicemails and delete all of the ones you don't need and then go into the recently deleted folder and permanently delete them because sometimes like if you still have them stored on your iPhone. They're still taking up space. 
and then um, record a new greeting. I think that's a nice thing to, to do nice. once in a while. I like that. Because I feel like, for me, I had one that was like 10 years old. I literally couldn't tell you what mine says. Yeah. Um, okay, so stay tuned if you're an insider, and we'll cover some more of these. We've got a bunch here uh, for everybody else. Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy New Year's. I'd love to hear from you all. And A, let us know if you did these, but B, let us know what you missed. What is on your digital decluttering list? Something you do either, you know, in the new year or during spring cleaning, something you do to clean up your digital life, make it a little bit easier for yourself. Send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. I'm very excited to hear from all of you about to add to this list. I know. I I'm please take a minute to email us in because I'm really curious. Clearly we're doing this stuff, so help us. Yeah. <laughs> help me. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone.